where can we soften and how do we invite our bones to change? In this episode, Lauren Maxwell and I explore finding pleasure, how to change the shape of your spine, where we can soften to support and know ourselves, and the human task of learning to feel safe in your own truth. Lauren teaches people how to uncover the self in chaotic times and to heal their spine. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. So some of you have already heard about the dream class that I have on Skillshare. It's a class on how to unfold and awaken your dream life so that you can harness the power of your dreams, take the wisdom of your dreams, and bring that into your life. And so this class is about how to record your dreams, harvest your dreams, remember them, and create intentions for your dreams so that you can begin to collaborate with your dream world. It's a class that is free until the end of January. So that means you can view the class for free right now. I would love to uh, invite you to see that class and to take that into your life and to also take a look at the future classes that I will have that will invite you to explore your dreams through embodied and natural ways and to feel into the meaning of your dreams and bring that energy into the wholeness of your being in your daily life. So look out for those classes and you can find this class at candicewu.com slash dreamclass1. And if you do decide to sign up for a premium Skillshare membership, you can do so at the link as well and get two free months for free or some other special offer from uh, this link that I'm offering at candicewu.com slash dreamclass1. And that premium membership will allow you to access the future classes that are within the premium membership. That also includes other teachers and other um, skills that are being taught, all sorts of things like yoga, photography, art, really interesting things. So feel free to check that out. And I would appreciate your support and uh, checking out the class and giving me your feedback and joining in. So again, that's CandiceWu.com slash class one Welcome back, everyone. It's wonderful to have you here today. I'm thrilled to have Lauren as a guest here. I want to just give you a quick update. By now, I've been in Ireland a couple of weeks, and I am getting adjusted quite well to the cold, to the mud, to working with horses. Uh, last week, I shared an Alive Now episode where I talk very candidly about what is what are the challenges that I'm experiencing and what I'm learning, what I'm going through as far as living on a farm, being with four horses and learning natural horsemanship, all, all things that I've never done ever in my life. And it has not been easy. So you can check that episode out at CandiceWu.com slash Horses in Ireland. But for today, let's jump in to talking with Lauren here on this subject of where can we soften, 
on all of the wonderful topics that she brings. She has a zine called How to Uncover Self in Chaotic Times and very simple and basic practices that everyone can get on board with. Uh, I love how she talks with such a gentleness around herself and reminds herself where she can soften and be compassionate to herself. She is a creative human being who specializes in writing, storytelling, and her daily practice, and also is a yoga for alignment, back care, and scoliosis teacher who believes in the transformational power of healing work. In her personal yoga practice, she was able to eliminate her back pain and change the shape of her spine. And what she found was she was laughing and creating more. And so now she's honored to help others do the same thing. It's really lovely to see how Lauren creates a soft, open space for others to gently and lovingly come back to self. So she offers yoga, ritual, and intuitive coaching that is meant to empower others to navigate their life challenges in a way that honors their truth. And she loves helping others choose a softer paradigm for success to claim their creative channel in the world and step into more loving relationship with themselves. So without further ado, here is Lauren. Today is a lovely day to have Lauren Maxwell on the show. Lauren is a creative human. She's a storyteller. She's a yoga teacher. She does yoga for alignment, back care, and scoliosis. And she has this wonderful zine on how to uncover self in chaotic times. And today over here uh, in Germany, where I am, it's kind of gray. It's very slow. It's after the holidays. And Lauren, as I understand it, it's raining over there. It's the perfect weather to tune into the, the feeling of softening which is one of the um, energies that you bring to the mm -hmm. world. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much, Candice. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. And um, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself, what you offer to the world, what interests you and who you are. Thank you. I really appreciate your intro and um you know, the ability that we all have to step into these multifaceted um, identities, because so often, you know, we end up kind of sticking with one label or another. But I've been exploring, you know, how I am a writer and a creative and a student and a teacher and an intuitive coach. And I focus um, on back here. I specialize in scoliosis, herniations, spondylolisthesis, general back pain and other things. And um all of my work centers on the idea of uncovering self and learning to nurture the truths that are there, whether that's in a physical practice or a spiritual or a creative practice. Um, so the idea is to find and create together soft, open space to really feel comfortable in doing that. That's beautiful. I, I love the feeling of tuning into softness. And I'm so curious when you first learned about that or brought that into your life, what was that like for you? Yeah, you know, it's been a really interesting journey and something that I think everyone might be able to relate to in some way, because the idea of softening can have to do with the physical body or the emotional and energetic body. And often in my experience, those things are very intertwined. So for example, when I began my own um, path 
in the back hair world, I was living with a lot of back pain and had sort of a a hardened, almost protective shell that I had developed with my own back and my own tissues. And as I began to work on that, I thought I was working on other things in a different plane, you know, inner work, Mm -hmm. um, work with personal development and struggle and healing. And then eventually it became clear that those are all related and, you know, everything is actually connected. And so the ability to soften energetically, physically, really had to do with thinking a lot about boundaries and protection, which enabled me to learn how to step into my truth with confidence and express that and be that in the world without this sort of fear element and this need to self-protect and hold. And um, so I think that the idea of softening can be really powerful, especially, you know, in a society that doesn't necessarily encourage that. Absolutely. And when I think about what you're doing with working with the back and the spine and alignment, it makes complete sense that that kind of softening, that um, centering and healing also connects right up with the alignment of self, alignment of who you are and truth. Mm-hmm. Is that how are you seeing that work for yourself and for your students? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in terms of the back, we can literally carry a lot there. And um, so, for example, with me, I was also working at the same time with the chakra system. And over time, um, with the guidance of one of my teachers who was doing a really beautiful series on the chakra system, her name is Caitlin Hipple. She's in New York City. I discovered that, you know, some issues I thought had to do with the heart chakra were actually maybe um, Manipura chakra, the solar plexus, and that is the center of self-protection. And, you know, we often find that we're gripping there. And I was finding at times that sometimes I couldn't catch my breath. You know, the diaphragm was literally a bit tense and tied up. And as I learned to soften into that and release because, you know, I was maybe working with healthier boundaries or thinking about that in a different way, I was able to soften the breath, soften the solar plexus, learn to be in my body and therefore in the world in a different way. And that really did support my emotional work and healing as well. Beautiful. For a person who is learning to soften in that way, how do you describe that? How do you do it? Yeah, there. Wow, this is such an um, intriguing question to me, you know, because I've thought a lot about pleasure and the idea of allowing ourselves to live with the themes of pleasure rather than guilt and shame, for example. And I think that pleasure offers so many keys to our own healing. You know, if we stop and are willing to listen, there can often be um, signals or allies waiting for us there um, within a pleasurable experience. And, you know, in the book Emergent Strategy, which I'm reading right now, Adrienne Marie Brown, and I recommend this book to everyone, it's so great, calls herself a pleasure activist. And she talks about, and this really resonated with me and the thinking and work that I've done around pleasure in my own life. Um, She talks about how pleasure encourages stepping into evolution and expansiveness and growth and confidence, 
you know, in its own way. Whereas if we're living through a lens of shame and guilt, we're probably acting from a place of constriction and limiting ourselves and that same lens of fear that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, I've really thought a lot about when you find something pleasurable, you know, how can we listen to what it's telling us? And also I think corresponds with uh, what we mentioned earlier about how our society doesn't necessarily encourage softening or pleasure. Instead, we're taught that, you know, success corresponds with blood, sweat, and tears. And we have to, you know, mm-hmm. grab the bootstraps and pull ourselves up. And there's certainly something to be said for, you know, working through difficult times and finding achievement anyway. But there's also another approach that is within us and available to us and is stereotypically, you know, often thought of as more feminine in nature. And it's more collaborative and more community-based and more cyclical. And to me, that does correspond with the ideas both of softening and of pleasure. There's so much in that, in what you just said. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. Yeah. <laughs> Letting it soften into me. Um, right. Yeah, I think pleasure, gosh, it's um, in my early years of healing work I and yoga and being in my body, I... I just had no idea how to feel pleasure, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that I had just conditioned myself to harden and to protect um, and to survive. And I and I did that very well um, with all this tension in my body. And mm. by the time I got to my healing work, it was like, okay, let's feel through all this stuff. And I kind of like plowed through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it wasn't in such a soft way. Um, and then when pleasure came into the mix, it was like, oh, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a different way to do this all. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting the way that we will approach our healing and unfolding work with that same, you know, achievement mindset, success mindset, milestone mindset that we've been so programmed to buy into. And the writer and tarot reader, Sarah Gottesdiener, who did the Many Moons workbook, has also influenced my thinking on this by talking about how, you know, healing is not linear and progress is not Mm. linear. And that also ties back into these spiraling and cyclical patterns that we were talking about earlier that are everywhere in the natural world. And that I think we have the ability to allow ourselves if we, you know, stop and listen and consider um, different patterns that we might start to adopt. Yeah. And to think of cyclical and moving in and out and um, just how things can, can weave in and come loop back in sometimes or jump back to a different place to try to control all of that is a complete hardening and like so much tension yeah so you have one of the things you share in your biography is that you changed the shape of your spine Mm. and you had back pain can you tell us about that sure so I thought that my spine was just built a certain way and that I needed, and that I was going to have to live with pain and just kind of accept that. And it was really an illuminating and beautiful experience to meet a teacher um, at Yoga Union in New York City who took one look at me and said, hey, we need to fix that shoulder. That's probably why you're having hand pain. 
listen, do this practice and then you'll probably start to feel better. So I was sort of tied to my old thinking around yoga and the practice I'd been doing for years. And I thought, oh, well, if I slow down and do the, approach this differently, I might lose strength. I might lose flexibility. And she said, Lauren, but what if you can do something better for yourself on a deeper level? And I thought, okay, that's interesting. So um, I tried it. <laughs> and sure enough, my hand pain and back pain disappeared within about two weeks. And, you know, I had tried physical therapy, chiropractic, and it's not to say that those things aren't valid because they are, but it's to say that looking at my spine in a very personalized and therapeutic way was transformative. And my mind was blown. And I had been sort of drawn wow. to studying yoga for a little while, but I thought, mm, no program felt quite right to me. I felt like I was searching for something um, that offered uh, a different kind of depth. And I wasn't sure what that might be or specialty. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is it. So um, I had some asymmetries in my spine, a bit of curvature. And then most importantly, I had my upper spine. There's a natural rounding in the upper spine that everyone should have, but mine was accelerating into hyperkyphosis, which is a bit more rounding than should be there. And this, you know, you'll, you would know, um, what I was talking about with a visual, the shoulders begin to round, the chest begins to collapse, the head begins to come forward off the spine. And mm -hmm. this is really, um, can be a form of heart protection. This can be just a simple issue with posture. For example, I'm very tall and also very relational and, uh, you know, my moon is in cancer. I love connecting with other people. So I find myself mm. often getting down on their level, trying to get my eyes in the same position as theirs. And then of course, all of our technology and devices makes it really hard to stand up. And um, sometimes you have, for example, my joints are a bit hypermobile, so that makes it easy to be slouchy. So anyway, I ended up doing this practice. And what we do in the back hair style of yoga um, is take a lot of time to lengthen and traction the spine. And then we also strengthen the postural muscles so that you can, your, the body can support the structure of the spine and learn how to sometimes stand in a different way. So sure enough, after about nine months, um, I was seeing a chiropractor who takes x-rays regularly and we took my x-rays and, you know, my spine had changed and it was just amazing. The, mm. the hyperkyphosis was totally gone and, you know, I did grow. So I was getting a bit taller. So I knew that that had happened. And I also knew in my yoga practice that things had shifted. Um, and so it was, you know, again, a reminder to myself to try not to be results oriented with this amazing x-ray, but also it is a wonderful validation to see, you know, the time that you've put in has been meaningful and has uh, counted for something really important. And so it's like always that reminder. And this is something I often share with my students when they say like talking about scoliosis, for example, well, have the curves reduced? Let's, you know, how many degrees? How, what are the numbers? And I totally hmm. understand that because that's where I started because you want to live without pain and you want to know that change is possible. And then the thing is, okay, the x-rays are great, but the true gift is living without pain is being comfortable in your own body, which when you're at ease with your own back, your own shoulders, your own spine, then I think you can be more at ease in the world around you. And that also corresponds with 
living your truth and accepting it and presenting it as it is. What I'm also hearing from what you're saying is that sometimes when we want something, it can lead us in the right place. Sometimes it doesn't, but it can sometimes lead us, you know, to the right path. But then if we stay in that sort of um, militant (laughs) path of getting to what we want, like the degrees of the back changing Mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. that it can at some point limit us from what uh, deeper healing there is, what deeper ease there is. And there is some letting go of of that whole way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a beautiful point. And it reminds me of what we were talking about in terms of like the healing work being cyclical and cyclical versus militant, if we were to call it that. You know, it's like sometimes you address something and you really feel significant progress. And this could be in your back or this could be in your emotional life or your family life or your own development. And you think, oh, wow, I'm just so proud of myself. I made some progress there. And then, you know, four months later, it might kind of reappear. And you're like, but wait a second. I thought Mm -hmm. I dealt with this. And it's a beautiful practice to learn to say, well, I'm just spiraling through the same thing again. And it might not be as powerful or as controlling as it was the first time around because I have worked with it and I have grown, but recognizing again that it's not a linear path that we're on, but we will touch these things again and again. And I've thought about this in terms of like the sort of like deep, you know, painful struggles that we might go through, but also simply in terms of like our relationship with our cell phone, for example, you know, like this is something that Mm-hmm. we're all very involved with. And um, <laughs> so like I've had times where I felt like, oh, you know, I'm doing great. I've put some boundaries in place about what I want the dynamic to be between myself and my devices, you know, and this feels wonderful. I feel like my brain feels free and expansive. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, it's like, oh, I think I'm spending too much time on my phone again. And it's you're like, I thought I dealt with this. But no, it's a cycle. And, you know, we have an opportunity to revisit and reframe and it never has to be the same. Yes, I hear you. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) have that experience. And, you know, just yesterday I was like, wow, this feeling of grief and fear is coming up and it's so familiar. But actually Mm -hmm. when I went and revisited it and and took it to a depth and a, a seriousness like stayed with myself it it actually was a different kind of grief like just another facet to the diamond it wasn't mm-hmm. the same exact feeling and it was coming from a different angle it was touching in on some parts of my family system that probably experienced this kind of grief uh or actually probably didn't experience it, but it was left behind for someone else too. But um, yeah, that cyclical nature, I find that even though it's such a familiar feeling, if you go a little deeper, if I go a little deeper, I find that it's something slightly different or a new part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm so curious, what what is the practice that you did for two weeks that That helped everything shift. Yes. So this was, um, you know, yoga for back hair. And it is a very 
intentional way of looking at the spine and how to address it with um, yoga postures and breath work. And there are a few principles that I like to think about when working with people that worked in my own body. And, you know, first, it's important to decompress existing muscle patterns that might be pain-inducing. And then it is also important to lengthen the spine, like we were talking about, create space for new patterns to be formed. And then, yes, form those healthier patterns, strengthen the postural muscles, or teach underworking areas of the back that need to work more to work more. Or, but, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And then also there's an integration component. And these are things that I'm so grateful to my teacher, Allison West, in New York City. and also the kind of matriarch of yoga for scoliosis out of the Iyengar system, Elise Browning Miller. Um, they each have themes and principles that they work with. And then it's interesting because I think the different teachers in this system all experience it in their body in different ways and then have, you know, unique things to offer students. Beautiful. It sounds amazing. And it, it's like this shaping and molding of the back and body. Right, right. It is. And that has been fascinating for me to think about over the past couple of years because um, I have a beloved, you know, body worker who, yes, supports the physical structure, but also works with energetic and emotional release because like we were saying that Mm -hmm. those things are tied together. And I had uh, sort of some issues with a shoulder and she's working on my right collarbone. And I said to her, are you moving my bone right now? And she said, (laughs) yeah, why not? You know, bones are alive and well, and they can be, uh, we can work with them. We can negotiate with them. So that's something, you know, I talk about a lot with my own students. And um, when the bones, the bones are always regenerating new cells. So Mm -hmm. in that simple way of thinking about it, like, yes, why can't you invite the bone into a new position. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like talking to your body. It's it's communicating and having this relationship and inviting it to step into something different. Yes. I love it's it. so true. And I love the listening component too, because I think it goes back to the personal work, the work of uncovering self and the softening. There's a lot of listening involved, you know, and on a healing journey in general, it's like, okay, am I listening to what my back is trying to tell me? Or am I listening to what that tight solar plexus, um, the tight Manipura chakra is telling me? Um, you know, what's what's there? What can I offer to that situation? What is that situation telling me? And just with pain in general, you know, kind of like stopping to listen and say, well, what is the message here? And can I take some steps to offer compassion to that scenario, offer healing to that scenario? Yeah, it gives such a a depth to how we can relate to ourselves and heal and um, feel more at ease in our bodies, like a whole slew of steps before we might need to take medicine. Mm, well, we might yes. do that in combination or in complement to, but there's just so much more. And I, I think we can often just like feel a pain and, or at least this is a very past way of being for me. I'd feel pain and be like, oh gosh, what's mm-hmm. wrong with me? Maybe I need to go to the doctor or what do I need to take to make this better? But there's mm-hmm. 
it's about that listening as right. one line of you know connection with the pain or with the the experience absolutely and i think when you are willing to listen and offer that kind of combination of dedication and compassion to your own body your own spirit really miraculous things can happen and i do think that you know there's absolutely a time and a place for western medicine and um at the same time it is very healthy and wise to say what else can i be doing for example with back hair issues often in the western medical world the thought is well wait and see what happens and or do we need pills and surgery and so in my mind if there's something that can be done in terms of simple decompression for pain relief or breath work then why not explore it yeah especially when we can tune in and support ourselves with it mm -hmm. you know just right then and there right it's always available absolutely so what kinds of miraculous or maybe even surprising things have you uncovered for yourself, like about self, about yourself? That's a good question. You know, um, one interesting piece has been opening the creative channel more freely. And I do think that creative channel and spiritual channel are very closely intertwined. And um, this is something that I had sort of experienced over the past year and then recently picked up the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And, you know, it turns out she's been writing this exact same thing for 25 years or something like that, maybe even longer. And so that's so beautiful too, because it brings to mind that, you know, this is a universal truth and how cool that I kind of stumbled into it, but other people are experiencing it too. And um, so the creative channel, the spiritual channel idea has been just like, yeah, there are so many ways to tap into the truth that is there within all of us. And sometimes it's creative. You know, I like to do free writing in the morning, which in the artist's way is referred to as morning pages. And um, it's just kind of like at least maybe three pages or so of unstructured, free-flowing writing. And I find that that's where my ideas really shine through. Um, whereas if I were to try to do this later in the day after I've been tied into technology and devices and work and expectations and meetings, it's a different experience. Writing is very different feeling. So I love to... Um, be very intentional about that, not looking at a screen for a while until I've had that chance to touch in, do some writing. And then I find that that sets up my day differently. Mm, yeah. Just having that time to go inward and, and express freely mm -hmm. before everything else happens in your day. Sounds really precious. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are some days where the right thing might be to take a walk in the morning or to um, have a yoga practice in the morning. Um, I tend to be a little bit quieter and more reserved in the morning and save physical things for later in the day. You know, I'm um, yeah. not a stereotypically morning person, so the writing works well. But <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I think that yeah. taking time for in whatever way works for you to connect with self in the morning before you engage with the rest of the world is a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And finding your right 
um, balance with things, what really works for you if you're a morning or not person. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think tapping into your own truth in that way often can help you present the best of yourself to the world when it's time to do that. So, you know, whether it's in partnership or in a job or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I'm curious, where are you on your journey and what challenges or struggles do you face nowadays? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that has been a theme in my life for the past few years is the idea of place. And this has become a challenge because I've been moving around a lot and kind of working between three different cities and also without knowing exactly what city I might end up in next. Um, So dealing with some unknowns, dealing with some moving. And so, you know, the practice for me there is how can I look at this as an opportunity and a gift rather than just focusing on the challenges and the struggles? Because the challenge side of it is kind of that like, while my foundations are kind of like experiencing some upheaval, it can be harder to feel grounded and really tap into the work that I want to be doing, the writing I want to be doing and that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the gift of it is place can teach us so much. It was um, a trip to Utah in 2016, the astounding, you know, uh, national parks there that really kind of started shifting my brain and ended up, you know, changing my career, changing my lifestyle, because in Utah, I saw amazing colors and just expansive sky and clear night skies, incredible views of the moon and stars. And I came back from that trip feeling kind of depressed, like, well, hmm, going back to working on a computer every day feels a little bit limiting. And I then thought, yeah, yeah, you know, and Everyone talks about, you know, post-vacation blues. So that's nothing unique to me. But I started thinking, well, how can I experience that sort of mental freedom, almost creative freedom, spiritual freedom, just like my brain feels expansive? How can I feel that in my everyday? Like, why do I need to save that for vacation, you know? And baby steps there led from one thing to another. So yeah, that theme of place is just still coming back. And for example, right now I'm working um, with one city where I live for a few years. I feel very comfortable, very known, have very dear friends, a very kind of safe haven home that I've created. And then a newer city where I don't know anyone, but it's a creative and exciting place. And um, the new city is Nashville. And, you know, it's like the gift of that is kind of being able to express the latest evolutions of yourself to people and being seen in that way without being seen for like who you've been for the past seven years or whatever, you know, and both are beautiful, right? It's like there's the gift of being known and appreciated and having your evolution witnessed by others. Um, And sometimes they don't understand and sometimes they do and that's fine. But there's also a gift in just being able to present yourself as who you've become. Yeah. It's so present in the moment, mm-hmm. who you mm-hmm. are right now. Right, right. And there, no one mm. questions it or um, is puzzled by it. You know, they just accept <laughs> right. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to compare it to past exactly. you wise. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I didn't know that about you, that you were moving around so much. I think we actually have a lot in common with that, as you mm-hmm. said uh, mm-hmm. to me before we started recording here. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to go from place to place. And I think the the interesting thing for me is uh, feeling at home in myself, regardless of what's around me. Mm. And moving around has been able to, or given me that opportunity to practice that, like, that my home is my body. Um, mm. I love that. And yeah, and I, I love what you were saying about the evolution, the, the evolution of you being presented in this one moment or, or what's evolved in you. And um, I think traveling, moving around from place to place really can bring that forward mm-hmm. for me as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of inspiration in changing place and our um, observation of our surroundings, you know, again, if we're willing to listen. And um, so I, about being at home in your body, I've really felt that too and had to ask myself, yeah, what makes me feel grounded no matter which space I'm in and how can I, um, you know, I, I deal with in my like astrological makeup and my dosha, a lot of fire and air and a little water. So it's like earth is the piece that I need to always be remembering to include, you know what I mean? So, um, Mm, that grounding practices, um, whether it's breath work or opening the pelvic floor or even just working with, you know, I love things like black obsidian and um, hematite and these kind of things that can help center us back into ourselves and draw our energy back in and make us feel protected and centered. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. I think that's such an important question. Like what can make you feel grounded and what really makes you feel like you Mm -hmm. and getting in touch with the truth of you is as a, a lot of your practice is in mine too. Yeah, yeah. we share that, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you have this beautiful zine, How to Uncover Self in Chaotic Times. Am I saying the title correctly? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yes. And I, I loved the part about, I'm just going to quote you here, and you're talking about shifting from we have to suffer to succeed to well-being and pleasure reframing and rejecting the patriarchal capitalist society so -hmm. when we choose to operate from this different paradigm we eschew a way of life that was formed on the backs of slaves and the incarceration and abuse and marginalization of entire groups of people i was just astounded by reading that because it just completely resonated it's like we're completely shifting Mm -hmm. to that softness to that connection and listening collaboration and respect that shifts what um i guess can bring something different and well let me just ask you what 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 does that mean for you i'm curious how you how you feel into that Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's so much there and really appreciate you you know taking the time to read and and share that. And um, for me, as a white cisgendered woman, it's been, you know, really important to think about my own participation, you know, in racist society, in patriarchal society, um, and 
there are some thinkers who have influenced me in this regard. Layla Saad online is one of them. Um, Rachel Cargill. And they talk, they've talked a lot about dismantling our participation in racism, in, you know, the white patriarchy. And a lot of times, you know, I feel like it's not my place to speak on these things, but rather to listen and to really consider uh, what, how I'm benefiting from these systems. And then given my intrinsic privilege, uh, what opportunities do I have to if any, to shine a light on marginalized voices, to use my privilege in a way that can help to um, tear down systems that I don't necessarily agree with. And that has really led to a lot of thinking about how, you know, our actions really, when we can tie our actions to our belief system and to our values, so when behaviors start to meet our values, that's when, you know, we can begin to change our own life, our own way of being in the world. And that can start to have a ripple effect on those closest to us in our communities. And that just starts to go outward and expand. And, you know, we're responsible first and foremost for our own actions. (laughs) And so that's Mm -hmm. why it's really important to think about, okay, are these systems benefiting me and what can I do about it? And I think that that place where actions meet values is where meaningful change starts to happen. Mm, That's beautiful. I really like the feel of that going inward, that taking care of self and revealing self, feeling into wholeness and well-being for oneself to create the backbone of that shift Mm. versus there's absolute beauty in all sorts of social justice and activism that's out there and people supporting one another. It's, it's, there's, there's just so much there that's um, really helping change things. And, and I think that having this as the primary backbone to each individual and then stepping into the world with what, whatever else can be offered is just so essential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it, also relates to, you know, each of us being called to do the work within ourselves. And this Mm. applies to activism and to healing work. Like it's so easy to talk about, you know, the um, issues that we see in the world, but until we really pause and look at our own lives and our own, um, the way that we're acting and behaving and is it relating to our Mm -hmm. deepest values or is it relating to what we think society has expects of us or requires for success, so-called success, or um, is just kind of been programmed into us and we haven't stopped to think about it. So how can we stop to think about those things, take personal responsibility for our actions, and then um, seek collaboration and community in that? And that's another thing that I've really been Mm -hmm. working on is how can I, you know, feel that sense of community around um, these beliefs and this this work? Yeah, that's, um, it's one thing to do do it on the inside, which I, I'm very good at. Like I can work with my own inner, inner world and heal so much. And I think that that has a very collective unconscious connection, mm-hmm. but then it's also very supportive to find that community that you're speaking of. Yeah. I think so too. And that's part of the process of learning to feel safe with your own truth and 
those things is, you know, first you learn, okay, maybe how do I work with energetic practice, sorry, boundaries? How do I work with boundaries in the day-to-day? And then you might make a little progress and you might begin to say, you know, am I surrounding myself with the people who support me in this truth and who support the things and feelings that I want to be experiencing each day and those values that I want to live by? I'm just thinking back to when we began this conversation and you talked about the the back, your back holding and protecting and being a bit of armor um, around the heart and holding so much. And it's uh, interesting to bring that back to this part of the conversation about protection and boundaries because it's like, creating new kinds of boundaries and protection that are on the outside, but also uh, support this ease and well-being in your body mm-hmm. because it's like a replacement for the armor, the, the tension of armor that um, constricts the body, but rather opens now. Absolutely. I love that. And it reminds me of another point that I recently saw in Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. And she talks a lot about how these collaborative behaviors are mirrored in nature and how powerful that is. And so it's like the oak tree, you know, can withstand crazy flooding when the houses next to it are being ripped off their foundations because the oak tree has not driven down into this singular individualistic root system, but instead it's reached out to all the oak trees around it and has sort of intertwined its roots. And they have found so much strength together in that community. And um, I think that, that that's true. But again, it always begins with self. And all right, how can I give myself permission to be true, be soft, be who I am? You know, if there's pain blocking it, how can I listen to the pain and move through it. And then maybe once you get comfortable with that truth, you can start to sense who around you fosters and cultivates that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it can be so powerful to do that. I, I remember one of the times where I was just really feeling alone mm-hmm. in my own healing work and discovery of self and where I was growing into and um, I realized I had this belief that I had to do it all by myself and to open that up and realize that there are other people out mm-hmm. there that would want to talk about this stuff too. It's, it was an incredible feeling. And then I started creating a women's circle and we met every couple of weeks and it was just so beautiful. So I can completely connect with what you're saying. That sounds wonderful. And my next question was going to be, how did you find that feeling. And I love the idea of a women's circle. And I think that, yeah, these people are out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're, many people are craving that kind of connection where it, it is a safe place and has some kind of boundary around it that supports that free connection and authenticity. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's almost like, liberating in a way to know that you're stepping into a circle or a class or something like that where 
depth of thought, depth of conversation is encouraged. Whereas in your everyday exchange, sometimes it can feel like, oh, okay, not quite sure who's into that. I mean, sometimes you know automatically, but it can be nice to just step into a space and know like, yeah, this is encouraged here. Just sharing, um, evolving together, supporting one another. Mm-hmm. And being able to be vulnerable in that way. Mm-hmm. It's um, precious as well. Absolutely, Yeah. So let's switch gears, Lauren. Uh, would you like to play a little lightning round? I would love to. <laughs> okay. I have some fun questions for you. Let's see. Let's start with this one. What curious dream have you had lately? Oh, my goodness. I've had so many because I've been kind of tr- trying to learn to work with dreams, you know. Um, but let's see. This is perhaps Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I just remember two. So now I know which one I'm going to go with. Um, I dreamed that I was in space and I was on a mission to go save someone like on another planet. And I was with two friends and this was the incredible part. The door opened and I could see the moon and another planet and earth. And it was so close to me. It was like I could reach out and touch it. And, um, Oh, you know, there were not, none of the normal space issues were there. I had no trouble breathing and I didn't float away. So we were just able to open the door, experience space. And it was incredibly like mystical and alluring. Wow. I can hear the amount of excitement, inspiration, and like <laughs> empowerment in <Yeah>. your voice. <laughs> you yeah. speak about this dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that one sounds really fun to dive into yeah. and embody. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if the second one is interesting to you or not, but you know. You want to share it? Why not? I um, had a funny dream that Connie Britton was, I ran into her and she just like automatically became this, I don't know, like sort of maternal figure. She was hugging me. She was putting these beautiful clothes on me, beautiful hat. And I've always appreciated Connie Britton. So I thought that was amusing. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds fun. It yeah. sounds really fun. Right, <laughs> right. But it's like maternal energy, like, okay, mm-hmm. how are we working with that? You know, these kinds of things. Oh, wow. That sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What are, what is one daily ritual that you have? Well, I have a few and I don't necessarily get to them every single day. Um, and I think, you know, we've, made it clear that my yoga practice is very important to me. Um, And I mentioned walking in nature. That's really important to me when the weather allows moving my body, getting the brain and blood flowing. Um, But another thing I've really been finding value in this year is tarot cards. And I've been studying that on my own and often pull cards to explore questions that I have or upcoming events or transitions. And I find a lot of value in the archetypes and the symbols and see it kind of as a mirror into my own wisdom. Awesome. Okay. Um, What do you have doubts about? Hmm. Doubts that pop up from time to time about my own, you know, worthiness, enoughness. Um, uh, So being accepted by certain groups as how I see myself. You know, if I see myself as a creative or an artist or a writer, um, do other people see me that way? And then I always have to kind of circle back and remind myself, well, it doesn't matter. And, you know, part of this whole process 
for many of us is releasing the need for external validation and external indicators of success. And that's one of those things that cycles back for me. And I have to continually remind myself of my own sovereignty, my own, um, again, sense of truth. And that is what it is, regardless of who recognizes it. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I I resonate with that too. And, you know, it's an interesting thing to want to fit into a group Mm -hmm. like that you identify with in some way. And if we're truly ourselves, we wouldn't exactly fit into the way that the group is. Absolutely. In the way that it is, because we're adding something uniquely ours. Yes, Um, yes, it's so true. And oftentimes I think that ties back into the idea of a label and we don't fit cleanly within these categories and these labels. And sometimes rather than trying to kind of smush these various facets of ourselves into one, why not just let it be what it is? And it might not feel totally comfortable in terms of what that label has made you think should feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. The last question is, what job would you be horrible at? Oh, that's a good question. I think I would be horrible as a flight attendant because (laughs) (laughs) takeoff and landing, especially if there's turbulence, can be a time when I have to deal with my own anxiety and I don't need to be dealing with, you know, a hundred other people's anxiety as well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You might scare a few people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I love teaching breath work, but I'm not sure that's the place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like it's being in a plane, it brings so much air, right? As you said, you're already like air air quality vata, right? It's just adding so much more air quality the quality and sense of air to the body. So mm-hmm. you you don't need more than that, more than what's on the ground, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, that is so true. I've never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. Of course it does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I've learned so much about you and uh, about the type of yoga that you do, as well as I, I just feel inspired by this conversation of pleasure and softness and uh, community. Mm, Is there anything else? Oh, you're welcome. Is there anything else you want to share today? I don't think so. I just really appreciate being here with you and the space that you hold for these conversations. And so thank you for that. And thank you to all of your listeners. And I want to give you just a little space to, uh, invite you to share about your offer for our audience, for all the listeners today. Yes, I am so excited about that and would love to offer a handful of free half-hour consultations for anyone who might want to explore themes of uncovering self or anyone who might be living and dealing with back pain. And then also a discount on the first private session booked. So if you reach out to me via my website, email me and mention the Embody podcast, um, we can schedule that together. That sounds like a wonderful opportunity. And do you work, it, it sounds like you work online as well or I in do. different places? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, I, with back here, we can talk about practical things like sitting and sleeping and how you might l- mm-hmm. be able to support your own spine. And I can also share 
yoga practice, of course, without the hands-on component um, through online meetings. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So where can people find you as well as your zine? Thank you. Yeah. So find me at softopen.space online and then over on Instagram at Lauren underscore only and Lauren.yoga. I would love to chat with you there. Feel free to send a message, an email, uh, whatever feels right. Thank you so much, Lauren. You are a beautiful gift to the world and I can just tell that whoever comes in contact with you through this work or just in life is is going to be touched by the softness that you do bring and um, the compassion that you bring. Thank you. Thank you so much, Candice. That means a lot to me. And um, I appreciate the chance to be here with you and the way you make us all feel seen and valued. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Okay, until next time. Okay, take care. It was so great to have Lauren on the show today. I already feel that soft open space and that softness infusing into my being. Uh, It's something that I come to from time to time, that gentleness. But that word soft is so just right for me right now to see myself with softness, to soften into what I'm feeling right now, to just let the guard down a little bit and let things be easy, even through the hardship, even through stuff that doesn't feel so easy. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you resonated with Lauren, check out her uh, website at softopen.space and maybe take advantage of that 30-minute consultation for free and the offering of a first full session with discount after that. You can also check out her taster, which is going to be a pranayama, a breathwork practice from yoga that can support you in feeling into your alignment and what's here now for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I invite you to check out that dream class that I spoke about earlier at candacewu.com slash dreamclass1. And if you want to continue to be notified of other classes or receive the self-love notes that I have for you every other week, as well as the podcasts that go out, you can join the Embody community at candacewu.com slash embody. Also, if you're interested, you can join the Facebook Embody community where there are five to 10 minute videos from wherever I am in the world, just offering some self-love tip or a healing meditation or experience from family constellations, somatic experiencing, or another body work practice that can support you in feeling like yourself and moving through the daily stuff as well as the trauma or whatever else is cluttering up your feeling of being yourself. And that's the Embody community on Facebook. Well, I want to leave you with one more thing today. And as many of you know that Mary Oliver died just a couple of weeks ago. And I've been sitting with this poem that she wrote for uh, quite a bit of time now since she passed away. And it's called, I Did Think, Let's Go About This Slowly. And it's from her elegy to her partner. And here it is. I did think. Let's go about this slowly. This is important. This should take some really deep thought. We should take small, thoughtful steps. 
But, bless us, we didn't. So I hope you take that with you as you go today and give yourself that sort of forgiveness and compassion when you don't do things the way you intend or the way that you feel you ought to. Thanks again for joining me and Lauren today, and I look forward to seeing you next week on the Embody podcast.